Welcome to New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. But we are called to stand firm. What are you standing firm on? Write that question down. Think about that this week. We stand firm because we've been set free. Today, Pastor Randy tells us more about living in that freedom. Turn in your Bible now to Galatians chapter 5. Here's Pastor Randy. Open your Bibles if you would. We're going to stand back up together. I want to read, uh, I want to read two verses today. I'm going to fly back over chapter uh, 5 and 6. We've been looking at Galatians in Galatians, the first four chapters, Paul is making the theological point that it is the empowering of the Spirit, the filling of the Spirit that truly changes lives. And in five and six, he looks at the practical aspect of what happens when you do that. I want to read chapter five, verse one. Look at this. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I want to read this verse that you know, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore. Circle that word in your Bible. Memorize that word in your Bible. Don't confuse what that word means. In a spirit of gentleness, keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. Now look at verse two. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And may God bless the reading of his word and you can be seated. So excited about being with you guys. Next week is Memorial Day. when We remember people that paid the ultimate price. We got something really special planned for you next Sunday as we talk about Memorial Day and what it is. It's not Veterans Day, it's Memorial's Day. We, we celebrate Veterans Day. We celebrate First Responders Day. It's neither of those, it's Memorial Day. Growing up, there was a list of 950 men who were on a commando raid with my dad in World War II. Less than 50 came out of that alive and I remember it was about Memorial Day every year he would get that out and he would read through that list of the people that he had journeyed with, that he had fought with. What an amazing nation we live in. We can have a revolution every four years and nobody has to die. We have freedom. We can, we can vote. We can make things better. And that comes at the very life and sacrifice and blood of the men and women who serve this country. And I'm so thankful as, as I'm so proud of the fact that as a youth pastor, so many of the kids that, that have come up through the ministry that Anita and I have done over the years are in the military now, and I'm so thankful for that and so, so blessed by that. I know there's a lot of people in this room that served, a lot of people in this room that have people that they loved and cared for, and we're gonna celebrate that, ne that next week. But today is Pentecost. Okay, I'm gonna do that again. But today is Pentecost. All right, there you go. I've been waiting for this, guys, for a year and two months, six days, but nobody's counting. This is Pentecost. It's the day we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. I was, I was 
so thankful last week I got to preach at kids camp. And I'm just going to tell you, there's nothing quite like preaching at kids camp. And, and I love it because I got done and all these kids came up and gave me a hug. I'm open to that today with y'all, all right? But, but all these kids came up and gave me a hug and, and, and these, these kids are like, we're your biggest fans, Pastor Randy. And I'm like, you guys, this is so different than preaching during the pandemic to big church. This was great. But I, but I got done, man. Kids came to faith last week. We had the best time. I mean, it was such an amazing time. We showed the video before. We'll send it out. But, but I was on my way back, and I was listening to Josh's sermon. Woo! Wow, that was something. And I was listening to Josh's sermon, and, and I needed a little coffee because I had gotten up very, very early. Okay, I got in the middle of a police standoff in the interstate, literally pit maneuver dogs. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't know where this story is going to weave in, but it's going to be in there somewhere. But this stuff just happens to me. But, I'm, but I got to camp on time and, and, and did, the, did the message, and kids responded, and it was just this amazing time at camp. I'm on my way back. I'm listening to Josh's sermon. I called him up like right after he said, how'd it go? And he goes, I think it was fine. Listen, it was way more than fine, okay? So I'm listening to his sermon. I pull into Dunkin' Donuts. I need some coffee, all right? So, so I, I mean, all, rainwater's like, it's, it's part blood, part coffee, okay? So, so I'm, I'm going through the line. Well, it was kind of long, and he's telling that story. Josh telling that story about his grandpa in Cuba and being in the concentration camp, and, and, and I'm listening to this story, and, and just about the time I get up to the window, he's talking about his grandpa and this guy that he led to faith in the concentration camp and, and how it all made sense then because of that. And I am crying like a baby. And the lady goes, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm just, and she goes, sir, are you okay? I said, I'm just listening to my youth pastor preach. I go, no, he's not bad. It's not that. It's not that at all. She goes, sir, you need a donut. Yeah, I do. What, a, what an amazing thing that um, just, that God's blessed us. We have two other staff announcements uh, that, in addition to Josh, Patrick, now listen, this, let me be really clear. At any church that I'm the pastor, everybody's going to work with kids at some level, okay? That's, that, we're all going to do that, all right? Patrick is going to be stepping into working primarily with our adults, leading discipleship here with our adults. We've, we've waited. I think that deserves applause. Um, <laughs> And he's still going to be involved with students at some level. And, but, and then we went on a huge search for someone to really be our executive of, of the church, to, to be that person who's making everything work. And when we got done, and we looked at some people and stuff, and they were amazing people, but when we got done, I, I was in the elders meeting last, last month, and I just said, you know, we're still doing this search. And they all stopped and said, we know who this is. Just put them in place. And that's Sheba. So, um, so, so when it comes to practical things, Sheba's my boss, so if you don't like something, tell her. Okay, and then I have Anita, too, which is another practical thing. So anyway, all right, so, so I'm just so excited about that. Chapter 5, verse 1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm. We, we stand firm because we've been set free. We... Therefore, stand firm. Know what it is that, that is that thing that is so important in your life. And he says this, 
This is what I'm choosing for you. I'm choosing freedom for you. I want you to stand in that freedom. Do not, listen church, do not give your problems power in your life. Do not give your problems power. Live in that freedom. You, Jesus went to the cross and conquered sin and death that we could live in that freedom. You will have trouble in this world. But he tells us this, but take heart. The world has overcome me. Is that what it says, Caleb? No, it's not what it says. What's it says, but take heart, for I have overcome this world. You're gonna have trouble. This is not heaven. It is real, and we will be there in a new heaven, in a new earth. We're studying Revelation. Get your John MacArthur study guide in the back. We're gonna be doing this, and it's gonna be, we're, we're gonna be doing this study guide with our kids. I'm so excited about that. But, but and we're gonna talk about heaven, and we're gonna talk about Revelation and end times. I think it's a great season to do that, a season of promise. But we are called to stand firm. What are you standing firm on? Write that question down. Think about that this week. What is it? Listen, is it about my sports team is the best? Listen, I'm a Kentucky basketball fan. It has not been a year to stand firm on Kentucky basketball. We had a losing season. What, what, is, it that we are, what is it that we are standing? He says, stand firm on this freedom. And what does that mean? He says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Are you living in that freedom? Verse 13, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Do not let your freedom be an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Look at this, verse 14. The whole law is fulfilled in one word. You will love your neighbor as yourself. There are some key pillars that we need to learn to stand on as a church. This is a community Bible church. People are like, what's your church like? It's like, I always say it's like the one you want to come to is what it is. It's a community Bible church. They're like, well, what denomination are you? I said, well, I'm just going to tell you, here's my challenge. I grew up Wesleyan and went to a Reformed seminary, and we joined with a Baptist church. All theological systems, and you know, maybe you grew up Wesleyan, maybe you grew up uh, Calvinist, maybe you grew up dispensational. All theological systems at some point will fail. This will not. This is, at, now, you need a, there's nothing wrong with a theological system. I have one. I have one that is, but it's my home, not my prison. This is, God's word is what we stand on. Four big things we, we will remain steadfast about. We believe in the authority of scripture. It, it, we're not gonna change up because the world changes. It's the authority of scripture. Here's the second thing, the sufficiency of Christ. He took our place. John 3, he loved, the, he loved us. He's the one who could do that. It isn't about my efforts. The, the third thing, our need for a savior. We are made in his image, every single person. You wanna know, you wanna know where, we've, where we find our deepest equality is in, the, is in these two things. We are made by God and we are saved by God. I got nothing on anybody in this room. Even though I'm from Kentucky and that's good. We, 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 that is our equality. We are made in the image of God. Psalms say we're, we're knit together in our mother's womb. 
You're, you're not an accident. You are a sinner. And a sinner needs a savior. They don't need a guru. They need a savior. They need someone who could take that sin and become that sin. And that's what Jesus did, 2 Corinthians 5. He who knew no sin became sin. On that cross, Jesus calls out to Telestai. It is finished. It means paid in full. There is no debt. We stand on that. And there's one more thing that we are a family on mission. We believe that we are called to be a kingdom people. This is a kingdom life. He changes us. He changes us for a purpose. He changes us to be a people that worship him. We gratify what we worship, verse 16. I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When you are a believer, and you are not walking in the Holy Spirit power, it, it is like playing left-handed if you're right-handed. You ever played ball with your kids, and you play left-handed, and you throw left-handed? And, and, and you... You ever, you ever play tennis left-handed if you're right-handed? Now, I know there's a few people that can do that. I can't. I'm, I'm a cyclist. I love biking, ride about 100 miles a week. I just, I just eat like I'm a heavyweight lifter. So, uh, and, and we were cycling this week, and we were in the wind for the first 10 miles. I wanted to quit. That's like religion without the Holy Spirit. You're just in the wind. It, 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 you, you're just working and working and working and working. Listen, church, there is two ways to get the air out of a bottle. Here's the first one. Now, I hope this doesn't have like BPAs and all that kind of stuff. All right, so. Okay, now what did that do to the bottle? I got some of the air out. This is the other way to get the air out of a bottle. You fill it. His spirit, it, fill, it fills us. It accomplishes the same thing, only this has purpose. This has no purpose now. It, it's, a, it's a distinct difference between the filling of the spirit and, and, and religion. Those are... One of those things we work, and we do that, we work so hard to try to do that. And in one of those, the sales come out. Biking Wednesday was really hard until we turned around. And then it got really fun. And we were going downhill with the tailwind. It's a very different experience, church, when, when you're in that power of his spirit. It's like, it's like french fries without ketchup without it. I mean, you can eat it, but what's the point? This is, this is not always going to be the easiest thing. You're going you're gonna to have to grow in this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a surrendering. You... He's going he's gonna to work inside of you and, and, and you're going you're gonna to grow and you're going to sense him moving in things and, and you think you're done and then you realize you're not. And he's like, hey, can we work on that room now? 
We're going to clean it out a little bit. It's not going to be the most fun thing. But when it's done, it's going to be beautiful and people can come into it. And their lives are going to be changed. What is it your deepest want? Is it that God would fill you and would, would, would do things inside your life that you never even dreamed of? To be able to, to love at a level that goes deeper than your hurts and your wounds and your fears and even your deepest desires. We gratify what we worship. We do. This is why we walk by the Spirit. Ephesians 6, 17. Take that helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. Uh, when, in, when in Hebrews 4, 12, when it talks about the Word of God being living and active and it says sharper than any double-edged sword, this is how this works that on one edge of that sword is the Spirit of God, that moving Spirit of God which speaks into us. The other was his word. And it says it cuts, it cuts to the marrow. Listen, when he's cutting out stuff in your life, it's not always fun. It can, it can, it can be hard. But when he's done, oh, what a beautiful thing that is. That's his Holy Spirit. If you'll, if you'll let him do that. And then verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. If we live by the Spirit, verse 25, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What is a fruit by its nature? Oh, it's good to eat, isn't it? There's nothing like fruit. Listen, I'm gonna tell you guys, you need to go on a missions trip just so you can eat the fruit. In Cambodia, like, we stay in these amazing hotels. They're like $20 a night, and they're like eight-star hotels. They do your laundry for like $1.50. Like, you can just take one pair of clothes, and they bring it to your room every morning. It's ironed and everything. It's amazing. But there's fruit on your table every, every day. When you leave the hotel, you come back in. There's fruit, and it, and and you just, you can't stop eating it. It's so amazing. But you know what fruit is? Fruit's a seed. You want, you can get a pumpkin. You, you can get a pumpkin and you can eat it. You can make pie out of it. I like stew, pumpkin stew. Or you can plant it and you can get hundreds of pumpkins. That's, that's what our life does. It, it gets... It gets planted. And he, when he, the, this fruit, we become that. We, we produce things that we never even dreamed of. You've heard me say this before. You never know what the biggest day of your life is. So, listen, when one of the joys of being a youth pastor is hearing what God is doing in young people through people they never even knew that, that God had done that in their life. I mean, God uses some of you guys. Some of your witness, it's, it's such a deep witness and you didn't even know. You just live that life and you look for that fruit of the Spirit and, and you watch for that. This is not about being better. This isn't just about being a better person. It's about being this person that God uses to do these things, to accomplish these things that we never even dreamed were possible. Chapter six, verse one. 
If anyone's caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Two things here, real important. Number one, it is not my job to save the world. It is not my job to speak into everything that is wrong in the world. It is not my job to tweet about everything that is wrong in the world. It is not my job to post about every single thing in the world. You, if anyone's caught in transgression, you who are spiritual, how much of our day winds up getting spent analyzing the faults and shortcomings of other people? If that's a lot, that's a good barometer of the Spirit's control in your life. When it's about just looking at other people, the, the carnal, carnal people, they want to reveal things that are wrong. Spiritual people, they want to restore. If anyone's caught in transgression, you who are spiritual should restore them. What's the difference in condemnation and restoration? A house that's condemned, you can't do anything to it. A house that's been condemned, it, it, it has to be torn down. Now, restoration, that's a different thing. There's a couple that's made a lot of money doing restoration, hadn't there? They got an entire, like, kingdom of restoration going on. They got products at Target. and I mean, it's already at TJ Maxx. You know something's got some span to it when the stuff, you can buy some of the stuff at TJ Maxx and Ross. I mean, it's already had that much resonance. These guys have made an entire career out of restoring things. This is what he calls us to do, to be a people of restoration. That that we would, would be people that don't live in condemnation. Condemnation goes a long way, doesn't it? This is a funny thing. I, I know there's some people from my hometown that, that watch online, and I think you guys that are watching could could relate to this, but some of you guys that grew up in the church, and I know there's some people that are watching that grew up in the church, and they're like, I'm not ready to come back yet. I think back to my hometown, and I think of it a very, as a very condemning place. Until I start thinking about who was it that was condemning, and I got about two names. I got dozens of people that were loving and caring and kind and gracious and sacrificing and good to me. Condemna- it doesn't take much condemnation, does it? It, it, it just doesn't take a lot of condemnation. I, I am going to just confess this, and then I'm going to move on. I have been a whiny baby this year. I get about one mean text a month. I get a, a couple of mean emails a month, and I have been a whiny baby about it. And I call Brandon, let me tell you about my text I got. Brandon's like, Brandon listens for a while, and he goes, I got to go. I put it on the elders thread. And then Caleb like quotes scripture. It makes me feel horrible. So I'm just teasing. You're great. Stanley, and then, yeah, look, at our elders meetings, we talk and talk and talk and talk. And then Stanley says like one sentence and everybody goes, you could have said that an hour ago. And, and, but, but I've been a whiny baby about this. Because you know what? Every week I have like 10 or 12 people say incredibly sweet things to me. And I don't hear it. Is anybody else like that besides me? Like, and that you get the one thing 
Condemnate, you don't need much condemnation in your life to, 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 to tear you down. Listen for the restoration. You, this is, even though I was a knucklehead as a kid, almost everybody was good to me. People that loved me, that cared for me. This is gonna be a place of restoration. I, I, want, I want you to hear this. If you're here or you're watching online, listen, I may not agree with your belief. I may not accept your belief, but I accept you. We want you here. And don't, and don't leave. And I'll also say this. If you go somewhere and you find somebody that agrees exactly with you, that's called a wolf pack. Be very cautious of the wolf pack. Because that gets real dangerous. Find people that are willing to speak the hard things in your life and bring restoration, not condemnation. And when you do that, it changes everything. There's a story I heard this week, a podcast I've been listening to. There was a sheriff in Douglasville. He went and started witnessing to, to a man who had been a hitman, killed more people in the state of Georgia in the last century than anybody they know. And that sheriff led that man back to Jesus, checked him out of prison, took him to a church and baptized him on a Sunday night without shackles. That's the kind of freedom that God can do. And that guy didn't try to run away. <laughs> Went back to prison, started telling people about Jesus. Now, I know you could do that in the 70s. You can't do that today. I know you could do it in the 70s because my daddy did that too. He would check people out of prison because he was, he was the captain of the riot squad and he ran a whole building there and he would check people out and bring them to our house and we'd go to church and then we'd have dinner and go to church and come back and have pie and he would never tell me what they did until we were back on our way home. We had murderers in our house. Free. God can do those kinds of things. He can change those kinds of lives. I'm gonna ask you this one question. Why are you not spiritual? If you're not in that place of restoration, church, this is Paul, don't, don't text Brandon, all right? <laughs> this is Paul, not me. Are, are we in that place where we're in that place of, if we're spiritual, we're gonna be about restoring. If we're spiritual, we're going to be about restoring. It's what the text says. And then he says this. He says that bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, you look at verse five and he says, for each will have to bear his own load. And you go, okay, wait, we're supposed to bear each other's burdens or we're supposed to, or we're supposed to bear their own load. I, I don't understand what that means. Well, these are, these are different words. Here's the thing about the burden. Demetrius, will you come help me? So, so we've got second service to get to. Verse five, when it says you bear your own load, this is our back, it means backpack. It literally, it's like what you carry on your back. That's, that's your load. You, I've got 
this is my backpack. I, like, I have like dozens of backpacks. It's, a, it's, it's like a bad thing. Some people collect shoes. I collect backpacks. And so I'm kind of in this minimalist thing here. So I got my planner, and it, it is like, it's a pretty small backpack, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's a pretty small backpack. It's got tons of places. So you can store lots of things in here. And it's amazing. Oh, I got a mask. And I mean, it's, it's got tons of room. This is my backpack. This is mine to carry. This is my, this is my load. Okay? But I can't go to second service with my backpack and all this stuff, all my accoutrements here of preaching. It's a new word. You can. Because I would, like, if I tried to carry this, like, I would drop it. Where's my coffee mug? Oh, it's over there. Daniel left the most important thing. It says, it said, what does it say? I'm sorry for that thing I said during quarantine. I think that's what my mug says. <laughs> so, this is my burden. This is, this is the stuff I can't carry. Don't, I haven't forgotten you over there, okay? All right, okay. This is the stuff I can't carry. This is my responsibility to carry. I have a back, I have a, a, a purpose that I'm supposed to do. And I got to do that. But then there's stuff that I can't do on my own. There's, there's burdens you can't carry on your own. And you need brothers and sisters to come around you. Yeah, you can clap for that. You need that. Listen, I will never, ever, ever forget. We were burying our little girl, and I was standing at that grave because I didn't know what else to do. And Anita came over, and she put her arm around me, and she said, honey, you have to see this. And we walked over a hill, and there's 100 high schoolers out there in a circle holding hands, praying for us. Bearing our burdens. My basketball team from the boys club came and knocked on the door. Coach, we just came to be here with you. You've been telling us about Jesus and, and we love you and we bear one and we carry what we can't carry. You can carry that down if you want. I'm done. I got you. All right, thanks. I know you got me. Because... Because he tells us this, that there are going to be times in our lives that, that we can't do this. Worship team, come on up here. We can't do this on our own. And when we get to that point, you got to have somebody that will come up to you and say something like, hey, lean on me when you're not strong. Stand with me, church, and I'll be your friend. Demetrius, can you help me here? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll help you. <laughs> That's what his spirit does. That's what his spirit does in our lives. The sails come out and 
and we are capable of things we never dreamed. He moves in us. He gives us words to speak. Sometimes he tells us to be quiet. Gives us the power to keep our mouth closed. Sometimes he gives you the power just to stand there. You're free. So therefore, stand firm. And he tells us to do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. I got a couple pictures to show you, church, and then I'm done. When this thing happened, when the first couple weeks I came to you and said, hey, listen, we got churches in Cambodia and they're gonna need our help. And you guys responded and they had no needs, but there was money sitting there. Actually, we bought rice and all the spices and beans and things that goes with it. And, and it sat there and we gave it out and, re, and reclaimed it and gave it out and reclaimed it. And when they hit a spike, there was food there. They can't leave like their streets. But these pastors that are all over the place, the 200 plus churches now, that God's used our little church to be such an instrumental force in, those churches had food pre-placed so when nobody had food, there was food in those churches. Now, a few months ago, the Jesus School was going to close and um, I got some bad news. They had to tear the Jesus School down so they could rebuild the new one. <laughs> And again, I want to say this, you guys gave towards that. A couple of secret donations towards that. And they're building this new school. And next year, we're going to do a big trip over there. And I want a bunch of y'all to go. So be saving up your money. Be careful with the drive-thru. And, and we're going to go together. God is on the move. This is Pentecost. This is Holy Spirit Sunday. And I believe God has plans for us as a church that goes beyond anything we've even dreamed of. We talked about, we've been talking about going to Paraguay on a missions trip. We got a missionary from Paraguay here today. God is on the move. Jesus, your spirit, Lord, we don't want our lives to be lives where we're just sucking the air out of people's lives. We want it to be filling with the power of your Holy Spirit. Lead us to the people that are broken, that are hurting. God, do that in us. I see your restoration power happening in the lives of people. I see that. You're doing these amazing things in our kids. You're bringing the right people to this church. And yeah, some people left this year, but people came. New people came. And God, we pray blessings on those that left. We pray that those that shouldn't have left will come back and they'll come back home, that this would not feel like a prison. Lord, I pray for everybody in this room watching online or anybody we know that says, I've been hurt by the church. God, help us to be a church that does it right and starts healing some of those wounds. 
We don't do that because we're arrogant. We do that because we know we have a God who can do anything and we trust in you. God, you are welcome here. Fill this place. Fill our lives. Change us. Cut away that which isn't right. Make us your people. Show us things. And let us bear one another's burdens. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And remember, we stand firm because we've been set free. Live in that freedom. Thanks for joining us. I'm Myrna Brown.